you. The power of God is in this place to deliver you. The anointing of God is here to break every yoke that the enemy has tried to strangle you with. And in Jesus' name, today the light is going to shine where the darkness has prevailed. In Jesus' name, I want you to say this. I am free because God says so. Father, that is our declaration today. I am free because God said so. Not what I say, not what others say, not what the devil says, but God's word is above all else. He is Lord of all. Yeah, let's give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we're glad you're here today. I do believe God's going to do some great things in this service. And so um, open your hearts. Tonight when we pray, felt like God said, direct your prayer tonight toward breakthroughs. God is the God of the breakthrough. Tonight from 6 to 7, we're going to be praying for breakthrough miracles. Things that cannot be broken through by man, but will be broken through by God. Amen. And uh, we have seen things this week from the time we prayed last week. I'm telling you, it is a time and a season where the prayers of the saints are needed in this world for what God wants to do. Amen. Everybody say, that's you. You're a saint. That might scare the person next to you. (laughs) You're not Saint Joseph or Saint whatever, but you are a saint because you belong to Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Well, we're going to make this confession. If you're visiting, you can look on the screen. We say it together. We speak what we believe. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Hallelujah. You can be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. Um, I was going to tell Kelly, I think she's related to my daughter, Lori, because Lori, Lori gets her words kind of turned around sometimes. One time she was reading something. I forget what it was. And she said, machinigans. What's machinigans? Joe said, that's machine guns, Lori. (laughs) Oh, we've teased her because she does that. I'm grateful she stood in for us today. Jen needed to go with her daughter to um, a dance recital, and so Lori said she would stand in for us. So, uh, you know, God is good. How often? And all the time. Amen. And today I believe that some of you have come here maybe because somebody brought you. Maybe you came, uh, maybe just didn't even want to come, but you came because it was the right thing to do. But God in this place today is going to do supernatural things in your life. I believe that. Um, I don't need this. (laughs) I did it again. I'm trying to get used to this thing over here. (laughs) But sometimes I've used that microphone for so long. I preached the whole service a week ago with both. (laughs) But the guy in the booth, John, he knew what to do. He recorded off the right one. Uh, We're talking about uh, being overcomers this month. Everybody say overcomers. And you may say, "My, my life does not look like I'm an overcomer. But it's not about what you look like. It's what the word of God says about you. And the Bible says, everybody say the word is truth. If you look in uh, 1 John, which is back in the very back of the Bible, but 1 John 5 says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, the key word there is born of God, because uh, once you know Jesus, you have authority and dominion over everything in the world. Uh, Before Christ, 
You are just a part of the world that the enemy has control over and dominion. That's what the word of God says. And when Adam and Eve failed in the garden, the enemy took over control of the world. Jesus came and defeated the enemy, but he is still in the earth and he still is seeking whom he may devour, the Bible says. And that could be you. It could have been your life even before you knew Christ. But when you receive Jesus all things become new and you are translated out of darkness into light. And so last week we talked a lot about salvation because uh, the first step to being what we called out of the woods, everybody say out of the woods, <laughs> the first step to being out of the woods is to be born again because you cannot be an overcomer unless you are born of God. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. It's It's not us, but it's faith. Everybody say faith. And what that means is our faith is in who God says he is, what Jesus accomplished on Calvary. Our faith is in the fact that the blood of Jesus has delivered us from every control of the enemy. When we receive Christ, we have been made free. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And uh, we talked about the fact that out of the woods, I had uh, woke up about 4 o'clock last Wednesday and I heard you're out of the woods well I knew that what I knew where we had been in the woods in a situation and um, here even in the church and I and so I I grabbed a hold of that word everybody say grab a hold of God's word and uh, but then he began to speak to me about a, a series of out of the woods that when he brings people into a place of salvation he has delivered them out of the woods and when someone is ill a very ill especially, and there may be uh, a situation where the report is not good, and suddenly they make a turnaround. The physicians or the medical people may say, they're out of the woods. What that means is they have been uh, delivered from a very dangerous situation. They're no longer in trouble physically. Uh, in their body. Uh, Some people, you know, uh, are out of the woods financially. You know, one day they didn't have any money and the next day then something happened and and they were in a place where they had enough. And they're out of the woods. They're out of danger of losing their house. They're out of danger of being in a place where they can't pay for things that they have to pay for. It means past a critical phase out of the unknown. That's where the world is today. The world is in a place of not knowing that they need to be saved. And only when they're saved will they be safe but the world is looking for safety in all the wrong places from the government from other people but jesus is the only one who can put us in a safe place and that's out of this place of danger it says difficulties trouble free of a hazardous situation i heard this week i don't know it was on television and someone was saying i don't even believe there is a devil that you know there's no devil you know i i do believe that there's a god but i don't believe there's a devil well if you don't believe there's a devil you will never get born again you will never know your need to be saved from what the devil can do in your life and so it's very important that people have revelation of truth and as i was preparing this message um the second the first one was getting saved follow me jesus said you know if you follow me you have to take up your cross and you have to make a decision to go after the things of god and i saw these little breadcrumbs as i was thinking about 
this message, leading people out of the woods, things that God would do in their life that would, you know, situations that would come across their path that would take them out of that place that they'd been in. In other words, somebody said a word that caused them to to be open to move forward and, and somebody else gave them something that drew them into the things of God. And so they just followed those breadcrumbs till they got out of that place of danger. And so today we're going to be talking about getting out of trouble. Everybody say trouble. Have any of you ever been in trouble? I mean, uh, like even after you know the Lord in trouble, uh, you know, I got saved and then I'm, I, I made some very stupid decisions when I was young and got saved. Uh, it's been a long time ago, but I remember being in those positions. Thank God I was delivered by the spirit of God. But I remember what it was like when I was there, not a very pleasant place to be. And what God told me was, um, the title of this message is the empty hook. Everybody say the empty hook. And, um, I, my brother-in-law helped me last night and gave me a fishing pole. Now, I'm not going to fly fish today, so none of you are in danger. But, um, and then my husband helped me. He went to Walmart, and he got me this lure. Everybody say lure. And that's what the Lord said to me. He said, the devil lures people. And he, he usually has a fancy gizmo to, to lure. And so I said to Bill, I need a really fancy lure. Well, this has got a shiny thing on it. How many of you know there's people who are drawn away by shiny things? Those are the people that go to the sale at Macy's and everything shines because it says for sale, for sale, for sale. But there's an empty hook. Everybody say an empty hook. There's an empty hook in here. And that empty hook has nothing to give you. It just looks nice, but it's not going anywhere. It's not taking you out of the woods. It's actually pulling you into the woods. And, you know, when you uh, fly fish, and I'm not going to do this, so don't worry. But, you know, you take the rod back, and, and on the one I have, you push it. And then when you release it, that thing goes out into the water. See, I scared you, didn't I? Some of you ducked. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I don't even know how to do it on this one, so don't be concerned. Although that might be worse. I might accidentally do it. <laughs> One time I was so excited and praising the Lord. I forget we were having a worship service, weren't we? On a Sunday night, I was just worshiping and worshiping. And all of a sudden, my shoe flew off and hit somebody over in that corner. (laughs) That was not the Holy Spirit. Just telling you, he doesn't lay a shoe on you. He lays hands on you. Hallelujah. But um, when I saw this, I thought, now that is so real, God. I can get that. Because every one of us, when we're born again, excuse me, spiritually, we're alive. But how many of you know your brain doesn't know that you're spiritually alive? So your brain wants to go back and lead you in those places to take you back into the woods. Because until the Bible, well, the Bible says until your mind is renewed to the truth of the word of God, then you don't even know you're being put in the woods. You don't even know you're going down that path into the woods. And it's very subtle. And uh, so I said, well, Lord, what is the example in the Bible? And immediately I heard Saul and David Now, if you know that story, I thought, well, how does that work? Well, what he was trying to do was lead me into what he wanted to show me. Saul was the king, but Saul had failed in his role as king. And God had anointed David 
to be the next king. But Saul was still in position for a period of time. And, uh, you know, David is the one that fought Goliath and won. Uh, he's, he's the one that God, God revealed that his hand was upon David. But David did not become king for a, a long period of time. Saul remained the king. Now, David knew that he was going to be the king. He knew he was anointed, but he also knew that Saul was in position at that time. And so spiritually, he had a revelation that it was not his season to be in that position. But the enemy, the devil, always wants to draw people, lure people into a place where they will fail. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you look at the story in... um, Excuse me. In First Samuel twenty three fourteen, it says David never gave in to uh, trying to harm Saul because he recognized his position, but even though Saul sought him every single day. That's how the lure does. It it goes after you every day. In some way, the enemy will try to lure you back into where you were before. If it's if it's just in your thoughts at first, but eventually you will follow your thoughts and you'll do what it says, what your thoughts begin to remind you to do. But David would not touch him. And it says in first Samuel 24, six, that uh, he had an opportunity. Saul was in a cave. He was in the cave on the other side of the cave, but he went in, cut a piece of garment off of Saul's robe, but he didn't, he didn't hurt him. He didn't touch him. And this is what it said. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So it, what he knew in his spirit, everybody say in the spirit, in his spirit, he had revelation that he was going to be king, but it was not time to be king. So he wasn't lured into that place. The devil wanted him to strike Saul because that would have been sin for David. God was going to promote David, not David. And so then the second time he actually got into the camp where Saul was and uh, it's in chapter 26 and it begins in verse eight and it talks about how they says, then Abishi said to David, this is one of the men with David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. They're standing right there. Saul's laying on the ground. Now, therefore, please let me strike him at once with the spear right to the earth and I will not have to strike him a second time. And David said to Abishai, do not destroy him for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. Everybody say guiltless. In other words, if he did that, it would be sin. He would be guilty of killing Saul. Then he goes on and says to him uh, in verse 11. In the last verse, the Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed, but please take now the spear and the jug of water that are by his head and let us go. He took things that he could then holler from a distance and say, Saul, wake up. I was right there. I could have killed you, but I didn't. But where are the people who should be protecting you? That's really something because he knew everybody say he knew he knew in his spirit that he was not to touch 
God's anointed. And so he didn't give in to that lure of the enemy. Now that what that would have caused, I don't know because it doesn't, it never happened, but I know that that was not the thing to do. It was something to pull him off of where God was leading him the other direction to be the king. In other words, he had to follow the breadcrumbs that went the direction that God said and not what he saw. He could have taken care of it right then and been the king. Eventually he was the king. But when he became the king, there was nothing that hindered him from the authority that was placed in that role as king. But then we look at Second Samuel. Now he's already king. And, uh, and, and everybody say the flesh. You know, the Bible says in First John chapter 2 that there are three things that um, are of the world. The lust of the eyes, or the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So lust, lust, and pride. Uh, the, the lust of the flesh, what the flesh wants to do. The lust of the eyes that sees things that they want. Uh, the eyes see things and then they want to go after them. That's the lure. The lust of the flesh is a lure. And pride. Everybody say pride. People wanting to be uh, something that makes them... Uh, other people see them as great or powerful. And so those are the three things in the world. Everybody say lures. All the lures fall under one of those categories. And so David is the king. He has authority. Now, he had authority before, but he had to stay in position with that authority until God's time. This time in Second Samuel 11, and he's fought many battles. He's won battles. You know, he's, he's mighty. He's a mighty man. God said he was a man after his heart. In 11.1, it says, It happened in the spring of the year at that time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed all the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. That's the first mistake. He should have been with his men. And he stayed in Jerusalem because he was there. It happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite goes on to say that he sent for her. He slept with her and he committed adultery with her. But she was under the rule of the king. Under his power, under his authority. So at this point, why was David so good at doing what was right with Saul, but so not good with what he saw in that woman? Now, my husband would say to you, for a little humor, it's always a woman. (laughs) He explained that to me last night when he was getting my lure. He said, you know what? It seems to me that if you read through the Bible, there's just always one thing that's there. I said, what? And he said, you'll get it in a minute. And then, you know, he laughed. Adam and Eve and all these things. Samson and Delia, he went through the whole list. It's a song Elvis sings. That's how he knows it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to have him sing it for you someday. But at this point, his flesh, everybody say his flesh. His flesh saw what it wanted. And his spirit man in that area was not strong enough to keep him from going after it. And in the leadership Bible that I study a lot, it says these four things. When the enemy comes like that, it's always a surprise. It surprises you. It's like, oh, and the first thought is, I get this. This is mine. The second thing that happens is self-esteem. I need this. I need this will make me feel better. 
That's what David was thinking. I, I need this. And then number three, satisfaction. I deserve this. I mean, I'm the king. I, I can have whatever I want. I, I deserve this. And then number four, selfishness takes over. I demand this. I can have whatever I want. That's how the enemy takes you down that. See, God puts breadcrumbs to lead you out. The devil puts breadcrumbs to lead you in. And they are lures. Everybody say lures. They pull you. And uh, I had said to my husband, my brother-in-law, he, he wasn't feeling very well yesterday. He found me a little fish to put on here. I said, this isn't near gaudy enough. I need something that would really attract somebody. See, what really would attract was something sparkly, something that caught David's eye. This is a man after God's heart who is now king, who has everything. Spiritually, we know he knows right from wrong. But in his flesh, he was drawn back into the woods. And uh, I, I saw this on television not very long ago. I don't know what I was watching, but it, an alligator got a hold of a deer and drug it right into the river and under the water. And they said, that's what alligators do. They drag their prey into the water and they drown them because they can't overcome them in the natural. But they can if they can get them under the water and they can't breathe. So they take them down under there. And, you know, ever since then, I think of the enemy when he comes to get somebody, he pulls them like that under the water or he takes them into the woods where it's dark and all they can see is trees and they and they, and, and it's over. He takes them into that. All they see the thing they want, the thing they want, the thing they want, the thing they want. They don't see the big picture of there's a big old hook and it's empty and you're gone. You're done for. And so today I felt we, we shared, Tiffany and Israel shared last week, I felt to have Todd come. And uh, <clears throat> Todd is a, a mighty man of God. He sings on our worship team. Um, and... Uh, but he has a great testimony. Everybody say testimony. We overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and not loving our life even unto death. And uh, Todd has a powerful testimony. Uh, and we got to be a part of it. I mean, there were other people a part of it too, but we got to be a part of it. And uh, I thank God for it because when you see what God can do, you have faith to believe that God can do that for anybody. Amen. And so I always enjoy watching God do his work. So uh, tell him when he got saved. Uh, I was 14 years old, um, living in a boy's home. And uh, if you know Jeremy Camp, uh, his mom and dad were our house parents. And uh, he introduced me to the Lord on the stairs as we were going to bed. There were seven boys in the house. And... Um, they couldn't really talk about Christ, but if we asked questions, then that, that would give them the opening to, to share. And so I got saved when I was 14 and uh, just, uh, just really started to, you know, learn what uh, or who Christ was. And then when did uh, you feel that God was calling you to follow him and do something for him? After I'd uh, gotten out, probably I knew that God had a plan for my life and a purpose, but I just didn't know what it was. I didn't quite understand what that meant. And so I just kept, you know, because Tom was part of my, has been part of my, is part of my life, has been part of my life. Um, but uh, he would just explain things as, as best as he could. And uh, so I knew that there was 
a plan, but I just didn't make the choices to, to go with that plan. And even though you were saved, then what was the lure that kept pulling you backward that you couldn't go forward like God was saying? The, the biggest thing was, was the alcohol. Um, at, oh, probably, you know, between the ages 8, 9, 10, whatever, uh, my family, as long as we were around the adults, uh, we could drink, you know, beer here or there. And because of that, that led to a drinking problem. And so that was just something that I was, I grew up. I mean, it was just something that we, that I was allowed to do. Um, so the, the drugs and alcohol uh, was the biggest thing that kept drawing me uh, to that. Um, cocaine, heroin, acid, um, anything, you know, all the drugs that, that you can really can imagine. Uh, I was telling First Service that the, I shared with First Service that the stupidest thing <laughs> that I'd done was that uh, as far as drugs, is that we would go from house to house and we would steal people's prescription drugs and we'd put them in this jar. And on a Friday night, we would have what they call now a farm party, which we didn't know what that was you know, back then, but we could reach our hand in a jar and eat as many pills as we could and hope that we would not die. Oh. So we did that several Friday nights and, uh, you know, alcohol on top of it. And so, you know, it's by the grace of God that, that I am here with everything that's, everything that's you know, yeah. that's gone on. Did you, uh, in the first service you said you even were one of those that sold drugs to try yeah, to I was, get um, other people? Yeah, I was, and I'm not proud of that, but no. yes, um, I was, I dealt here in Lafayette to, you know, for uh, for someone. Um you know, and uh, really got, when you get into that, that's something that, you know, you have to, I don't know, it was just, it, it, you have to just be really careful when you try to get out of it because it's not so easy to get out of something like that, especially when you're dealing with someone that's, that's pretty well known. Um, but, you know, again, you know, with Tom, you know, going to Tom and, and sharing with him and, and just praying about it, God just pulled me out of that situation. You know, we talked about in the first service how there's there's usually a lure that pulls you, and then all these other things just get heaped onto it. You know, you don't start out doing all those things. It, sin is progressive. Uh, the Lord shared with me that uh, that the flesh has an appetite, and uh, it has an appetite to, to, to get more. You know, and the more the more you get into it, the further you go into it, and that really alcohol was the the trigger that uh, that happened with you. Yeah, the alcohol was the the trigger that uh, you know uh, was it had had kept bringing me back to that um, because you know I was I grew up. And, um, you know, like everybody, you know, says, hey, by the time you're 21, you know, you can go into bars. Well, I was already doing that before I was 21. I was yeah. going to liquor stores before I was 21. Um, so it wasn't a big thing for me, but it was still a problem. Um, the, the cocaine, the, the heroin, the, the hash, the marijuana, all that stuff was kind of like easy to, to lay down and be done with. But the alcohol was the big, the big thing for me. And then uh, what was it that finally, all of a sudden, 
was the thing that turned you to go out, to get out of the woods in that area? I was at a party, and we were playing cards with all my buddies. And my buddy now, who's been in prison and been out, and uh, who has rededicated his life, uh, we were at this party, and it was... I don't know what time it was, but we had been partying all night and, and drinking and stuff. And then about, I don't know, mid through the party, we were all playing cards and stuff. And he stood up and he pointed and he said, you don't belong with us anymore. And I was like, what? You don't belong here anymore. What are you talking about? And so I just kind of just played it off and, you know, thought, well, he's just drunk or he's just all messed up. He don't know what he's talking about. So at, at that time, I, I knew, that, you know, I just went home. I uh, went back to my apartment, just got on my knees and said, Lord, you know, maybe this is you because, you know, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't drink and I can't do this stuff that I'm doing. I've got two little kids. Um, Thank you, Jesus. That I have to provide for. And that I have to take care of. And I can't be spending my time in, in jail. And I can't be spending my time in, in a, sleeping in my car, you know, and in the middle of the winter. And, and no one, you know, knowing about it. It's just me, you know, not telling anybody anything because that's my pride. You know, that's just where I'm not laying. I don't need any help as far as that. Um, but at that moment, when I got on my knees and just prayed, I said, Lord, I, I just can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I have to, I have to, it has to be done and over with. And and that, that morning I got up and, you know, it was a Saturday morning. I was by myself and, you know, there's a couple of cases of beer in the refrigerator and it, it just was like, it didn't even sound good anymore. It, it really didn't. And, and I... You know, I, of course, <laughs> I probably should have dumped it out, but I gave it to someone else because I didn't want to waste it. But, but, but I didn't have the desire anymore to drink it. It was just like, ugh. it was like, I, I don't, I don't need this anymore. So, so that was the biggest thing was the alcohol because with that, like you, we talked in the first service came the anger problem. Yeah. You know. Beating up police officers, you know, going to jail for that, assault and battery, beating up people, hurting people really bad. And and that came along with it. And so that that really, that night, I really believe that, that God really, you know, changed, changed everything for me. Yeah. You know, uh, back in that time, uh, Todd would come, he would come to church sometimes, but not all the time. And uh, And one time I said, Todd, where have you been? He goes, well, I can't come all the time. And I said, well, why can't you come all the time? He said, well, sometimes, sometimes I'm out, you know, on Saturday night and, um, and I've, I've been drinking, you know, and I, and I can't come because, you know, I'm, I'm not, I've been drinking. I'm kind of drunk. And I said, oh, it's okay. Just come drunk. And he goes, huh? I said, come drunk and sit behind me. <laughs> and, and, you know, I know that kind of shocked him, but what, what the Lord had said to me is invite him to come in my presence and I'll, 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 I'll catch him. You know, what God does may not look real shiny at first, but once it gets a hold of you, it's pretty shiny and certainly not an empty hook because once God got a hold of Todd, everything 
really started changing. Now, I don't mean he was perf- Mr. Perfect instantly. Because <laughs> there were some Sundays. I don't remember how I got here. Yeah, I remember that, too. I could always tell when he'd go, hi. <laughs> He's not been out of the bar very long. <laughs> but it didn't matter. Everybody say it didn't matter. See, because the love of God is always looking for you. It's always wanting you. It's, it's always wanting to help you. It's always wanting to take care of you. The Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh very weak. Just can't do it. Just, you know, tries, but can't do it. And um, we're, we're going to pray for people today. But it says in, in Galatians 5.1, Stand fast in the liberty wherein you have been called. That's what God gives you, freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. And, and he sees you, once you receive Christ, he sees you awesome, perfect. Because he always looks at you through the blood of Jesus. Now, of course, we don't see ourselves that way. But he's always drawing us toward that image, trying to pull us to that place where we'll believe that. And it goes on to say, you were running well. Who hindered you? What the heck happened? You know, where did you get off? And then it says, this is not from me this trouble is not from me when you get into trouble god will get you out it even says in second peter that he knew how to deliver righteous lot now lot was in sodom and gomorrah but god knew how to get him out he had that man stand up in that poker game or Mm-hmm. card game and say you don't belong with us when he was in the midst of doing everything Todd was doing God will use a donkey if he has God will speak everybody say God will speak I don't mean that guy's a donkey I just mean you know the Bible talks about how a donkey spoke and, and so we need to be aware today that we are the voice of God you know when God said to Todd come and sit behind me even if you're drunk I don't care that's because God knows that if he, if he can catch you and get you in his presence, the same as the devil will destroy you. Now, you he, said, I don't care what you smell like, what yeah. you look like, or how you act like, just be here. Is that what I said? Hallelujah. Yeah, he did say so. Okay, I'll get here as best I can. And, and he would, sometimes I would smell the, the, the liquor, but, but it didn't bother me because the presence of God is just like, so much stronger than the presence of the devil. You know, what the devil can do in a bar, God can do so much more. I mean, he can go in a bar and, and ruin the business. That's what he can do if we allow him to do those things in our life. Uh, yesterday morning, Kelly, come on up here, Kelly. Uh, is, do you have that song back there? Is, do you have that ready? Okay, come on up. Um, Kelly shared a testimony, and, and we're going to do this for a minute. I want you to stay here with me because we're going to pray for people today. Now, you may say, oh, I don't want anybody to know what I've been doing. Well, we're going to pray like this. If it's you or somebody you know that you want to stand in for, I want you to come up here today because God is going to set you free. And this is the reason he's going to set you free, because he loves you. has nothing to do with what you're doing. Go ahead. Share that. Oh, here. Yeah. Um, well, Dan had gone, um, had to go on a trip to Arizona, and so he was in his rental car, and the the radio was on, and so this song was playing, and so um, he texted me and he said, I, "I'm singing this song to Grace. You got to like let, crank this up and let her hear it." And so um, he sent his video message of him singing this song, and 
Grace got it, you know, she was playing it in the car and she was beaming, you know, she was just so happy just, and, uh, she knew her dad loved her. She knew that he was thinking about her. She knew that, you know, he, he had such great thoughts about her. And so, um, we're going to play the song, but you know, really that's the singer, you know, like I said yesterday, I'm not, I don't know the singer, but it, it wouldn't appear that he knows the Lord. Maybe he does <laughs> not going to judge, but really he was singing the heart of the Lord to his children that he loves us. He's thinking about us. You know, he, he thinks good thoughts about us. Amen. Yeah. Go ahead. Thank you, Kelly. Now, this is what God would sing to you. That's what she was telling us, that this is what God would sing to you if you could just hear him right now. Turn it up a little bit, would you please? This is what God sang to you in the bar that room that car says about you let's stand today you know you are amazing you know why he says that because he created you dan i would have had you sing it today but i didn't want (laughs) to i didn't know if you could be that instant season (laughs) oh no he has a really good voice um but uh you know god it says every day in that song you know every day saul went after david every day the devil comes after you but most important Every day, God comes after you. Every day in whatever it is. Would you bow your heads this morning? If you're here and you've never received Jesus, that's, that's the ultimate. The ultimate thing that has to happen. What we talked about last week. Number one, first and foremost, you have to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because if you don't have Jesus, there is no escape. There will never be an escape from the work of the enemy except through Jesus. God knew that, and that's why he sent Jesus, so that there would be a way of escape for all of us, that we could walk in a place of freedom. And today he wants you to walk in that place. Before I have Todd pray and uh, and pray for those of you that, that want to be free, or you know somebody that wants to be free, it's important to stand in for people. You know, people who are locked in those places, they can't always get out. Somebody has to be willing to stand the gap for them be the watchman on the wall for them but uh, if you're here and you don't know jesus or you once walked with the lord and you say today hey i need to get back where i used to be because this is not the life 
that I'm supposed to be living. I know this is not the life that God has for me because I believe the words to that song that he created me to be amazing and my life is not amazing where it is right now. And if that's you, would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you before we leave. Yeah, I see your hands. If that's you, would you come down here? I'm going to pray with you right now. We're going to we're going to break the curse, stop the things that God has done. Don't be embarrassed. Just come down here with me, and I'll and I'll way way back there. Can you come? Did you raise your hand? Come down here with me. Okay. Yeah. God sees you this morning. He knows where you're at. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Just come. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, let's give him a hand. I mean, this is this is pretty amazing. God knows where all of these people are. He knows what they need. Amen. We're glad you're here today. We're all going to pray together. And the Bible says, if you believe, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, I, I've prayed that before, but I, I just have walked away, but I know it's time to come back. Well, then today's your day. We're going to start over. We're going to start again. You say, I started again last week. Well, that's okay. We'll start again today. doesn't matter how many times we start over, just so we do. So let's all pray this together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for my sins. Thank you that he makes a way where there is no way. I need him to make a way for me. Help me to walk the way you want me to. I've sinned, I've made mistakes, but today I give you my heart, I give you my life. Change me by your power in Jesus' name. Now, you can just stay right here for a minute. All of you that would say, I've been, uh, I have been lured, or I know somebody who's been lured and I want this to be the day that that thing stops in my life. See, when God gives a message, he gives a message because he's ready to do something about it right at that moment. And you may say, well, I don't, I don't want anybody to know about me. Listen, what people know about you will never make any difference in the world. God knows about you because he sees you. So if that's you, if you'll come, they're going to worship and, uh, and we're going to, we're going to invite Jesus right now into this place to make a difference in your life. If there's an area where, you know, okay, I'm, I want to be done today. I want to be done. I want out of this mess. I want to be free in Jesus name. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to have Todd come and just put his hands on you. And we're going to believe that today's the day for your word. Your word from God that says, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. And and we're going to receive today by faith. Maybe you have somebody to stand in for. You come on down here because some of you know some people that they can't get free by themselves. Uh, Tiffany, would you and Israel come and you go over here and you start here. And uh, I, I, these are the people that have given testimonies of what God has done. And I, I want them to lay hands on you because they know where you're at. They've walked there, so they know what they know what you're dealing with. And so today, would you ladies just come down here at the other end, okay? Yeah, because we got lots of room down there. I love you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Everybody say praise Jesus for harvest time. This is a time of breaking free. I want you all to bow your heads and say this after me. Jesus, set me free. I want to be free. I do not want the devil to have dominion over me. I am free 
because the word says so. But today in my life, I am struggling and I need you to deliver me miraculously. I ask you to do it. I will obey you. I will need your help, but I will. I choose to obey you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Okay, go ahead, Todd. You start down there, and, and if you guys will start down here, Israel, come around with, with Tiffany. Just put your hands on them. We're believing today that this is a new day of deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. Here I am to bow down. Let's all worship. Here I am to say. Yeah. Yeah. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're come up here. So here I am to worship. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. No. 
find me. I am a man or woman of God. Whatever you are, say it. God has made me victorious. I am an overcomer. I walk in authority and I do the will of God. In Jesus name, go and be blessed. Hallelujah. Go and be